Welcome to the Apple Insider Podcast. This is your host, Stephen Robles, and today, reviews of the M2 Mac Mini and M2 Max MacBook Pro are out. We're going to talk about that. iOS 16.3 is out and HomePod 16.3 with all those new features, even for the HomePod Mini you might already have. And we're going to give our iOS 17 wish list as we head months away from WWDC. This episode is brought to you by Rocket Money. And joining me, fresh from the Brompton Road Apple Store, is my friend William Gallagher. How's it going, William? It's great, great. I've been traveling. Instead of stuck oh, at my desk, yeah. I have been out into the world. I've done that now, though. I've come back. That's enough. Yeah. <laughs> You've done enough for the year. Uh-huh. That's your traveling. Uh-huh. I'm going to be, do- yes. yeah, I'm gonna be doing some traveling this year as well. Actually, I have some uh, some trips planned. I'm I'm actually going to Las Vegas this year. Oh yeah. You ever been to Las Vegas? Yes, I have. Um, and oh, really? Canyon tours, all that stuff. Yeah, I had a great time in. Do you call it LV or is that luncheon vouchers still? Uh, uh, yeah, that's. A, we, yeah, okay. if anyone calls it LV. Yeah, that's a that's a new one. In vague. No, I'm trying to be hip now. Mm, uh, no, vague. No, no. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, been there. Yes, and uh, once once our travels come up, well, at least when I travel, I'll, I'll talk more about maybe the apps and stuff. We talked about it before, but you know, it's always nice to know what live activities are happening and what apps yeah. but anyway we have stuff to talk about today because iOS 16.3 came out homepod 16.3 and a bunch more very quickly some five-star review shout outs because we had a bunch of them this week Karn the dogs <laughs> from Australia quite a name quite a name <laughs> time pilot from USA Andy Lev 15 I know he's on Twitter very often no we're talking from Great Britain maybe he knows you maybe you guys are neighbors. Do you even know? Might have saw it, seen one of the Andy Lebs, maybe the previous 14, at Brompton uh, Road. Oh. Uh, could be, could have happened. You might have. You yeah. might have. Yeah. Could have done. Also, Gabriel Carroll, 88, from Great Britain. He might have been at the store, too. You might have missed him. Oh, maybe that's there. who I'm thinking of. Mm, yeah. That's right. That's yeah, right. yeah. That could be it. Easy to confuse. Okay. That's true. You know what it's like. I mean, Great Britain is what, like four square miles? I mean, don't you guys run into each other all the time? Yes. If you're from Great Britain? We do. I have Canadian <laughs> friends who get really annoyed at being asked, oh, I know Bert from Canada to you. <laughs> uh, yeah, and Canada's an awful lot bigger than the UK. So it's very large. Uh, I can more understand it it's, yeah, in yeah. this case. All the best people know each other. So, you know, Gabrielle mm. Carroll, oh, 88, see. if that was the number, and uh-huh. Andy there yep, for yep, 15. Yep. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. these are the top people. They're the best. They're yeah, the best. One of them could be Prime Minister next week, the way we do things oh. here. You never know. <laughs> you never know. And uh, and lastly, Chris, 54, uh, after the 53 other Chris's from the USA. Thank you, Chris. Now, I'm excited because you finally took my advice to go to the Apple Road Brompton Apple Store. I know you did it specifically because I've been pestering you to do it. You won't watch Ted Lasso, but you'll travel miles and miles to a new Apple store. Tell me, William, what was that like? Well, I will say you are completely right. It was solely because of you That's that right. I went there. That's what I thought. And uh, mm-hmm. somehow also managed to attend the Writers Guild of Great Britain Awards in the evening and oh. meet the Slow Horses people there. That's just a wild coincidence, though. Uh, in fact, the Guild said, when are you coming to see the store? When did Stephen get you to go? Right. We'll do the whole That's event right. That's right. there. We'll only plan it for a year in advance. But you know. They all listen to the show. That's they, they planned it now so you could go to the store. Now, wait a minute. You said you met the Slow Horses... Uh, people, you mean the writers? Yeah, I met Will Smith, who's the lead writer on Slow Horses. He was nominated uh, Apple TV Plus's first ever Writers Guild uh, nomination in Britain. Wow! Um, didn't win, 
unfortunately. Um, Adam Kay won for This Is Going To Hurt, and I still haven't seen that, so I'm sure it's very, very good. <laughs> but it was exciting to see Slow Horses and Apple up there on that screen at the Guild. Very cool. Well, that's fun. Man. You're, you're kind of famous, William. You meet all these famous people. Or maybe they I'm, met you. I, That's probably yeah, right. I'm well. I was, you know, was uh, drinking with Russell T. Davis last night. He was one end of the wow. VIP room. I was at the other. But you know, it still counts. <laughs> yeah, that that counts. That counts. You're in proximity. <laughs> that counts. Well, that. That's very cool. And so we now have an article with tons of pictures. I assume that you have taken yes. from the Brompton Road Apple Store. This place looks amazing. Tell me about your experience there. Well, the bad part about the experience is you cannot believe how ill I was by the time I got there. I was so rough. Oh. I was, I was so, maybe I, I'm going to go back on you know my own time and maybe the next thing I buy from Apple might be from there. But it is peculiar mm-hmm. how still and quiet is in there. I mean, it isn't quiet at all, but it just seems peaceful compared wow. to outside. This was a late Monday afternoon, uh, Monday before last, I think, mid-January, really cold. Nothing much going on outside. The Burberry store next door had nobody in it bar some actually incredibly well-dressed staff. And there was the Apple store heaving. 40 customers, 15 staff, and everybody having a really good time. It was... Wow. Yeah. It looks amazing. You have a picture here of this massive screen. I Mm. guess it's the Today at Apple segment. You see speakers in the wall, notably not a HomePod. They're built in in in-wall speakers. Was that, that's for like the training sessions and such? Yes. I used Apple's measure app. I I walked alongside it to see what it was. And it came in at something like uh, 20 feet. It was six meters or so. And it's continuous. Um, It's very common in the UK and I'm sure everywhere else to see uh, big screens that are actually visibly made up of lots of smaller screens. But in this case, no unbroken uninterrupted 20 feet of screen it's utterly really? gorgeous i mean i had no idea what the resolution was but it was playing various promo clips of apple watches and iphones and it was utterly beautiful wow the whole store gets to see it because there's a mirrored ceiling over that little bit but also quite unusual for the uk at least the stores i know everything is in one space there's no second room or basement where, you know, right. accessories are kept or anything. It's all in the open and divided into areas like the Fitness Plus section on one side and there was an Apple Arcade thing, I think. Um, all kind of just dotted around 17 tables, 12 trees in there, 12 wow. trees in the building. And this really quite big um, today at Apple wow. area. Yeah, that's amazing. And the Apple Arcade section, we have a picture of it. They even have like game controllers. I see a PS5 controller. Mm. And then, you know, it's I've not seen an Apple Arcade display like this. It's a black background. Apple Arcade is in like this red neon sign. Very attractive and highlighting. I see the Apple Fitness Plus thing just beyond that, too. Like there's a lot of stations. Uh, in this store. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm trying to work out what was there before. And it appears that it was certainly more than one store. I think it was two. There's a chance it was three. It was definitely a H&M store, a Swedish design store. And there was a Karen Miller store at some point there. Uh, So it feels very broad. It's one level only, and it feels like it's quite a high ceiling. In the UK, it stores, it's quite common for Apple to take out what we would call the first floor, or I think you call the second floor, don't you? So it's like a double height thing. And I, mm. I don't think that's happened here. It doesn't seem quite high enough for that, but it's still very high up above above tree level. Right, <laughs> I mean, these literal trees. Yes, and this undulating wooden 
I loved it there. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful. Yeah. Check out the link in the show notes. It, it looks amazing. I mean, I've been to a lot of Apple stores and, you know, some of them are very functional, especially the ones you mm. find in malls. I mean, they just have to be the space it is. You know what I mean? They can't do a ton with it. And because so many people go, the one that I frequent, it's the Brandon Mall in uh, Brandon, Florida. And it's, it's very small. It's one of the smallest Apple stores, honestly, that I've been to. And it's just always packed with people. So it's like you, they can't really do too much. It's got to be all tables and chairs and minimal displays. I've, I've been to the Grand Central Terminal Apple Store in New York. That's one of the coolest ones just because it's oh, yes. in the open. It's yeah. gorgeous. Yes. And you have the whole Grand Central architecture there yeah. as the store, basically. And then you can just, the Apple Store is on one side. That's beautiful. Of course, the Glass Cube. Yeah. One of my favorite is still the, the Soho New York. Have you ever been to that one? Oh, uh, is that the Meatpacking District one? I don't know that one. What's that like? So, so I think it's like Fashion District, but it's two stories. And on the, the second floor, I don't know if it's still there, but they actually had a theater with like several rows of theater seating. And it was like a glass staircase going up. And it was one of the larger ones I had been to. And, and I just loved that one. I would go there on my lunch break. And that's where I bought my first iPod video oh, wow. was at the Soho Apple store. Oh, yeah. Um, Catherine Cargill on uh, Apple Insider did a feature going to Singapore's Marina Bay Sands store. And that is stunning. Ooh. I mean, oh man, who else? Do, but Apple does these beautiful buildings. Oh, I know. And sometimes doesn't. But yes. <laughs> I, do, I do have to mention, too. I, I know I, I say him every episode, but he's one of our favorites. Basic Apple guy. He has been doing this series called like Apple stores in remote locales. Mm -hmm. And th these are not real Apple stores. They're renders. And he's basically like placed Apple stores in like the desert and <laughs> like the mountains. But they look the first time he did it. I didn't realize it was a series he was doing and it looked so real. I was like, where is this? I will drive there right now. Yeah. But, uh, you know, he's just kind of you know, inspired yes. by these locations. It, it would be amazing if one day Apple actually like built one in one of these locations. Some of them are probably more possible than others, you know, but really, really cool. I'll put a link to uh, his latest one in the show notes. Oh, I, I want to say that. Yeah, yes. it's it's right. so good. It's so good. Before Doctor Who came back in, what, 2005, somebody was doing a series of beautiful prints of just photographs of the TARDIS in different locations. And, you know, no reason, <laughs> just here's a location. There's a police box, but there some of them were gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, there are some creative people out there. Yeah. Oh, for sure. So yeah, that link is is in the show notes. All right, let's talk about iOS 16.3. It was launched Monday. We got iOS, iPadOS, and macOS Ventura 13.2. Not a ton of features. It is hopefully a big bug fix update. I think I've noticed my devices a little less buggy. Maybe I'm getting a little bit better battery life. I'd be curious uh, your experience with that. But that was Monday, and then Tuesday came tvOS and HomePod OS. We'll talk about that. But aside from the bug fixes in 16.3, the big feature is physical security keys where you can use them with your advanced iCloud data protection and actually secure your iCloud data with a physical security key. These are usually like USB flash drive looking things now, and they would either be plugged into the USB port or you can get some that are NFC tags and you would literally just kind of scan it on the back of your phone. We have an article, the five best security keys. And so we'll put a link to that in show notes. These range from like 50 bucks to 75 bucks. Some of them have USB-C and USB-A. Some of them have USB-C and lightning on either side. 
one thing is I would caution because if you apply these security key to your iCloud data, I believe you will need the security key whenever you want to log into your iCloud account where you're not already logged in, like on a computer or web browser that might not have been logged in. So it might make it much more cumbersome uh, for, for logging into your Apple ID over and over. But if you want to just super secure your thing and actually have a physical key, namely one of these flash drives, you can do that now. Did you uh, protect your iCloud data with one of these? No, I didn't. <laughs> Did you? But you have advanced data protection now, don't you, with 16.3? Didn't it go yeah, worldwide? I have 16.3. I'm not sure what the geo differences are. I don't think there are any problems. Some of those, uh, the, the new security features are taking a while to roll out worldwide, and I'm not sure what we haven't got yet, but as far as I know, we've got everything. Um, I've just, the only thing I've really noticed is, I don't know if this came in with 16.3, but I only noticed it yesterday, so maybe it did. You know, in Mail, since Ventura and iOS 16, if you go to send somebody a link in Apple Mail and you put that link on a brand new line in the message, it uh, replaces it with the preview. Yes. Well, now it doesn't replace it with the preview, but if you notice, there's a tiny little drop down next to it that says uh, something like restore to plain link. Yes. That's been really useful to me. Or are you telling me you've known that for ages and just not told me? Uh, well, I don't know if it was in 13.2 or if it was existed before that, because the first time I ever saw one of those previews pop up, I immediately looked for a way to make it a plain link, oh, right. because I just don't know how that's going to appear to the recipient, like whoever's getting it. Same here. Yes. They'll get it as a plain link, but you don't know it when yeah. you're sending it, you want to know. But um, yeah, so basically I've just been blindly missing that for three versions of I I iOS. <laughs> I think maybe it was a Ventura like 13 thing. No, you're just being nice now. That's all right. No, 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 no. I don't know. No, no, no. I don't want any funny business with my links. You know what I mean? Because if I'm sending a link, it's probably a work-related thing or I want to make sure the person gets it. And I don't want them to get some like JPEG of the thumbnail and it doesn't link or something. Like I'm not about that. I want the plain URL. Maybe that's old school, but that's just how I feel about it. No, I used to have so many problems with Macs trying to help you out and at the other end, PCs trying to help you out and doing it differently. So you'd send uh, an image and the number of times PCs would come back saying, I need it attached kind of thing. And I'm thinking, I attached it. And you end up putting it in a zip file instead for no reason <laughs> other than to stop it being previewed at one end or the other. So, yes, we've been there. Yeah. We don't trust yeah. these newfangled things that the kids all use. God. I don't. I don't. Even even in our shared Apple Note, I will do everything I can to not get the rich card with the link because like for our Apple Insider Note right now that we're both looking at, I run a shortcut on that to make the show notes and anything that's one of those rich links that's like a card, it doesn't, the shortcut doesn't work with it. And so I want everything plain. Just give me the plain text and I'll deal with that. So I'll stay old school that way, I guess. You run shortcuts to do your work. I and I just thought, wow, that man's fast and efficient. Never makes a mistake. Always quick. But no, you just run a shortcut. Okay. Well, okay. listen, if someone had to make the shortcut, namely me. I'm just saying. <laughs> and if you, you know, work smarter, not harder. That's, you know, all I'm saying. Okay. Matthew Casanelli knows what I'm talking about. Uh, I will say Brandon Butch, he has a great YouTube channel. He shows the physical security keys and goes through that whole process. So, oh, and you didn't tell me. Did you enable the advanced data protection on your iCloud account or are you waiting? No, uh, I, for a very good reason. I 
completely forgot that it was out and there. <laughs> okay, and okay. I meant to look at it and I haven't done it yet. So oh, perfect. Uh, how about this? I'll counter this. with I used to work with a company that uh, sold dongles for their particular software. This is a very long time ago. And the dongle was huge. Uh, so more than a security kit, it was a physical that had to be in all the time. And they're on the back panel were these four massive screws that were really hard to undo. And they let you undo them because underneath it was all sealed. They just wanted you to think you could get inside that. Wow. You just picture okay. that. They giggled at me as I tried to break in. But, wow. you know. Okay. All right. My one and, That was my one and only hacking. So, you know. I also want to confirm. I'm, I want to put the support article in the show notes. If you use a physical security key with your Apple ID, it replaces the six-digit verification code that normally pops up. So I'm going to read from the support article right here. A security key can act as a second piece of information instead of the six-digit verification code that is normally used. Because you use a physical key instead of the six-digit code, security keys strengthen the two-factor authentication process and help prevent your second authentication factor from being intercepted or requested by an attacker. So you would no longer get that like six digit code pop up on all your Apple devices. You would have to have one of those security keys. And when you set it up, you do have to set up two security keys during that process. So ideally one that you would probably carry with you, maybe on your key mm. ring, and another that you should put in like a secure location that you don't lose, because if you lose both of those, it's over. Wow. That's it. You're done. So don't do that. Now, have you found any less bugginess with 16.3 on any of your devices? Or did you, did you find bugs before and now don't? Or was it always fine for you? It's always been fine and I've noticed no difference. So that's a bit dull. Oh. I did the other day. I suddenly thought my Apple Watch wasn't lasting as long as it used to during the day. And I haven't worked that out yet. Um, but that might even have been just before 16.3 and watchOS, whichever one it is, dropped. So maybe... <laughs> Nine... Know, Point three, I think. Thank you. Nine point three. I never remember. Why? What? I thought the watchOS used to match iOS. Oh no, I guess it never did. But I feel like it just make it match. It's all yes. the, the updated at the same time. Wasn't it TVOS that they made a leap in numbers like that so that it was on the same number? I, right. But, but uh, uh, yeah, well, I have, I have a bone to pick with HomePod, whatever their software is too. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I will also say. I had screens where like my iPhone would just go black and I would get the spinning wheel for like five seconds wow. and then it would just pop back into whatever. And it wasn't like resetting because I didn't have to put in my full passcode again. It was just blanking out for a second. I've gotten that less. Goodness. And I think battery life is a little better. I will say with my Apple Watch Ultra, this is a first world problem, so I apologize ahead of time. But I'm living the two watch lifestyle right now because I had my Series 7. You're Rudy Giuliani. Sorry. <laughs> no, don't, 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 please. Okay. No, 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 no. No, who's the who's the other guy, the uh, the fashion guy that left his Apple Watch on the pairing screen? Like there's a bunch of press shots where he's You remember, do you remember that? No, I don't know that one. Okay. It was uh it was the original Apple Watch and it was the edition where it was like 24 karat gold <laughs> and there was this it was like a fashion icon guy and he left it on the pairing screen. So it was like all these pictures of him wearing this $10,000 watch and it was still yeah. just with like the circle cloud. <laughs> oh, I wish I could find it. I forgot who that was. Uh, also, Buzz Aldrin. Buzz Aldrin wears like 15 watches. Have you seen him? No. Why does he do that? He is just, I don't know. He's, he's, uh, he's the real deal. 
You know what I mean? Frankly, he can do anything he likes, really, doesn't he? I mean, given what he's done in his past, yeah, okay. If you walk on the moon, you you get a lot of passes. I feel like he's punched a number of people and gotten away with it. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay, allegedly <laughs> not serious. Um, other allegedly, jokes available. Yeah, allegedly. Let's just back up. Okay. Sorry, sorry, anyway, sorry. I'm sorry. I just you have two watches, and you can't tell the time because of it. <laughs> Touche. You have that phrase, don't you? Sorry. Uh, is, is it a UK thing or a worldwide thing that a man who has one watch knows the time, a man who has two is never sure, that kind of thing? Oh, that's no, a good that's You're a good just phrase. looking at me blankly. No, no, that's a good phrase. I know the phrase, a broken clock is right twice a day. Yes. I know that phrase. Yes. That's a good phrase. Now, did you see that picture of Buzz Aldrin? I just slacked you. I just need you to see it real quick because oh, it, it's pretty amazing. Uh, Too wonderful. Grief. Okay. I'm sorry. His wizened hands I'm looking at as well. He doesn't have an Apple Watch. Or even a Fitbit. No, no. What is this, man? No, no. He's, he's not tracking anything. He's been in the moon. He's not worried about tracking anything. I'll mm. put this as the the show art <laughs> this chapter for this chat the chapter art. And no, so I'm wearing the I'm doing a two watch lifestyle because I had my series seven. I'm still not sure what I want to do with that. If I want to hand it down to somebody, keep it. You know, Apple Watch Ultra. It's a little cumbersome to sleep with. So I've been doing this thing where I wear the Ultra during the day and I do a sleep tracking with a series seven at night. It's very so I want my Apple Watch Ultra to charge 100% when I take it off the charger in the morning because that's the one I wear all day. It has plenty of battery life. It's not like I need it to, but I just, you know, prefer it come off the charger at 100%. And for whatever reason, it will not understand that's what I want. And it does the optimized charging to 80% until I manually tell it to charge to 100. Like every morning, I do the exact same thing. I tap it. Then I go brush my teeth and everything, and it's charged by the time I get back. But for some reason, it just will not remember that I don't want the optimized charging. I guess I could turn off optimized charging overall, but I, I mean, I, I want that, yeah. you know, battery life. So I don't know. Maybe I thought 9.3 would fix it. Is it to do with when you put it on the charger? So if you swapped to your Series 7 in the evening instead of when you're going to bed, would that make Maybe, yeah. a difference? I don't know how, what the logic is when the optimizing. Maybe. I figure, I thought if you did the same routine every day, it would just learn, like no matter the routine. But mm. uh, that's 9.3, 16.3. Now, HomePod and tvOS did not come out on Monday. It came out Tuesday, and it was tvOS and HomePod. We don't know. Like I was talking to Andrew about this too. I don't know what the OS is for HomePod. No. They don't say anything. It's just like, HomePod update 16.3. Like, well, it's the same number as iOS, tvOS. And so I think they should just call it HomeOS and be done with it. Let HomeOS run the HomePod and the Apple TV. Those are the two home hubs anyway for like HomeKit. Let's call it HomeOS 16.3 and, and call it a day. Do you vote for that? Would you uh, agree on my campaign of HomeOS? No, I'd always read that as homeus and think it was like hummus and get all hungry <laughs> and something like that. Wow. Uh, Okay. No. Thanks. Uh, Thanks for that. Glad to help. Okay. Yeah, yeah. appreciate it. <clears throat> now, 16.3 on a HomePod, on a, I'll just call it HomeOS just for fun. HomeOS brought the temperature and humidity sensors to HomePod Mini. It activated those sensors that have been in there. So whatever HomePod Mini you have, whenever you bought it, it's now a temperature and humidity sensor. There's also a ton of new features, which are actually really cool. Like you can ask it for your location of family members. If they already share your location, you could say, hey, dingus where is so-and-so sometimes i'll tell you they're so many miles away if it knows the actual like wow. place name it will say they're at home or they're at work or whatever so really cool there ambient sounds 
on HomePod Mini. So like for my good night scene in HomeKit, I was actually able to add ocean sounds to play on my HomePod Mini when uh, that scene runs. So that's really cool. Plus temperature and humidity. Uh, no, no, sorry, what? got to stop you yeah. there. Ambient sounds, ocean yeah. for your going to bed, your bedtime scene. Yeah. Does your wife have any say in this? You are married, aren't you? And presumably, yeah, yeah, I am. I could see some objections to. I'm trying to sleep. Turn the ocean off. You know, you know I mean, this could go either way. So I did try the rain ambient sound at first, but there's actually some birds making noise in the rain oh, right. sound. And you know, I would have. I thought that you know, save that for the forest scene, or the the like the uh, I don't know early morning uh, ambient sound. But I listen to this rain. The rain sound is nice. Look at these birds, and it's not just like periodically. Like these birds are like making a lot of a lot of noise during the ambient sound. So I I changed from the rain to the ocean, and uh, we both like the ocean. So the ocean works out. It's great. As long as you both go to bed at the same time. Yeah, we go to bed at the same time. Now, are you unable to uh, agree on an ambient sound or play an ambient sound for? We actually don't have a HomePod uh, in in the bedrooms. Uh, I'm looking at one in my living room now, where I'm recording this to speak to you, um, and wondering what I will use the temperature and humidity for. And it now that I've got it. Yeah. But no, we haven't dotted all over the house, but not in the bedroom for some reason. It's nice to be able to have it. They do take a while to like um, set up. You know, they say calibrating for a while. I do find the temperature is a degree or two different from other sensors. I have one in my bedroom. I have a HomePod mini and I have an Ecobee temperature sensor, which like works with the Ecobee thermostat to average out temperatures across the house. There is a degree difference there. There's a three degree difference in my bathroom. I have a HomePod mini in the bathroom and a Philips Hue temperature thing Mm -hmm. and motion sensor. And the temp, the degrees there are like three degrees off. Like one said 69, one said 72. You know, depending, your mileage may vary on the accuracy. I mean, it's close. You know, it's not like we're 10 degrees off yet. But whether or not you want to use it for automations, you know, at your own discretion. Because you can use it. You can say when the temperature rises above 73, then you can program your smart thermostat if you have one for HomeKit. You could say, turn it on and set it to 72. So you can do those automations with the HomePod temperature and humidity. But just check, like, you know, what temperature it's actually giving you at any given time. How many HomePod Minis do you have? So you have a, you have several, right? Oh, actually, only two uh, Minis and two of the larger original ones. Um, I thought it was more, but no. We didn't talk. We didn't talk about the. Does the new larger HomePod tempt you at all? Well, ish, kind of. But then I, I look at the two I've got, and I, I try to be sensible. Mm. Um, I, the ones I've got, I really like, except they're a stereo pair most of the time. And just unfortunately, a lot of the rest of most of the time, they won't be a stereo pair. And they'll stop. One will play one thing, one will play another. What? I'll ask one to play it and my phone will say no. I just, I lose track of it all in the end. And <laughs> actually, at this moment, like I've switched off everything. I've switched off all HomeKit. Wow. I've got rid of everything because I had so many problems. And tonight, I will be very slowly adding back each bulb one at a time. That's my evening Wow! to try to sort this out. That sounds like so, fun. Yeah, you enjoy your temperature sensors while I'm up a ladder with a bulb. No, no. Listen, I mean, the HomeKit architecture update, which we talk about this on HomeKit Insider too, but I updated my architecture day one. Apple pulled it so you couldn't yes. update it day two. And all yes. my devices go offline on day three. Like, that's how that works. And so, like, I can't go back. And the architecture update is still not available in 16.3. Supposedly they are still working on it and maybe that'll be a 16.4 thing or maybe Apple will just push it in between. 
I don't know if there'll be some kind of like, hey, you updated your architecture before, but that one is busted. So update to this one now. Like, I don't know if it's going to say that mm. or if it'll just be like, maybe fix it on the back end. I don't know. But uh, maybe it'll help your home kit situation. I, I strongly wanted to wait until that was out before I tried fixing yeah. these things. But the problems I've got of, you know, uh, sensors not working, light switches suddenly not working. I couldn't. Uh, we had a Christmas tree light thing where some days I could say, hey, Iris, turn on Christmas lights and it would work. And the rest of the time it would be no, no response. All this constant no response stuff I was getting. Um, but actually, as of right now, this moment, as we record this, my wife Angela is away for the day. So I figured oh, there's no way I, I can't get it wrong in front of her. Yeah, I mean, if she went to bed <laughs> and, and suddenly all of the lights came on full blast at you know, two in the morning because I was fiddling. It's not good. I mean, yeah, you could see it being a problem. You know, don't want to disturb yeah, people. Yeah. So tonight's the night. Yeah. Tonight's the night. You're going to be like the home kit Santa Claus. Going down the chimney, going up the chimney, changing light bulbs. <laughs> I wish there was a way, maybe we should add this to the iOS 17 wish list we're going to talk about towards the end of the show. I wish you could disable the turn everything on and turn everything off commands mm. from Siri and HomeKit. Because sometimes, like my daughter has a HomePod mini in her room, she'll turn her light on or off, or her ceiling fan on or off. But some, like every once in a while, this has happened maybe like twice ever. It will misinterpret and it'll think she said, turn everything off or just like mm. turn the lights off. Just kind of that flat phrase. And it literally turns the entire house off because like every light is smart. So I, I wish you could kind of disable those blanket things that like control the entire house and just relegate. Can I tell this one HomePod mini it can only control this room? That would be a nice restriction to say like it does not control the whole house. This mini just controls this one room and nothing else like that'd be kind of nice i think there's a solution above that which is make siri be more consistent the yeah. number of times you say the same command and it gets it and then suddenly it doesn't yesterday in the car i asked to navigate somewhere and it said you can't do that in your car and where else would you be trying to do this you know it's very frustrating. it knows you walk around with an umbrella a lot or if it's raining you walk around without an umbrella it just knows okay Right. Oh, I've had this the number of times. I love, love the way you can just say, hey, Iris, take me home. And it will route oh, out yeah, to it yeah. and all that stuff. Great. Except City Mapper, which is uh, like a public transport uh, app. It's very good. It's only in certain cities, but it is in all the ones I go to. Uh, every now and again, something has happened with City Mapper in that when I say, hey, Iris, take me home, it tries to get it to do it in City Mapper and fails. And I, you know, if I wanted City Mapper, I would have used it for it. And I cannot find the bit <laughs> where City Mapper is grabbing this or Siri is throwing it. It's just, yes, okay. I'm not as exasperated as I sound. Really, I'm not. No, no. No, it's those little things. They they add up and, and they can be frustrating. I, I get it. I oh, get it. I have one tip about when Siri isn't oh. relying. Uh, with this thing, if you know, take me somewhere, if it isn't doing it, if you say, hey, Iris, try taking me somewhere, it almost always works. It's like there's just that extra beat pause really? on the word trying makes a big difference for me. So that's yeah. interesting. And maybe it's because you're like daring it. <laughs> maybe it's because you're like you're like goading it. Like, yeah, why don't you try taking me home, Siri? Go right ahead. Yeah, yeah. If that's you can, exactly. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's like that. Did you know the average person has around 12 paid subscriptions? That's probably not even counting the app subscriptions tied to your iCloud account. 
but between all the streaming services, lots of stuff are just hitting your cards all the time. Sometimes it's hard to keep track of them all, and you might not want to be paying for some of those, but you forgot about it, and so it's just taking that little bit, $10 a month, and you don't realize it. You know, there was a time where I wasn't using Rocket Money for a while, and I was paying for Netflix and didn't realize it. I wasn't watching Netflix because I thought I canceled my subscription, but apparently I didn't, and I was paying like the $80 a month or whatever Netflix costs right now, but it doesn't have to be that way. With Rocket Money, you can quickly identify and cancel all of your unwanted subscriptions. Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill, you might recognize that name, is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Over 80% of people have subscriptions that they forgot about. I was one of those people. Like that streaming service you bought just to watch one show on, or that free trial you forgot to cancel. Rocket Money will quickly and easily identify your subscriptions for you so you can stop paying for the ones you don't want. Simply find the subscription you don't want, press cancel in the app, and Rocket Money will cancel it for you. That's right, they'll cancel it for you. No more long hold times with customer service or tedious emailing back and forth. Over 3 million people have used Rocket Money, saving the average person up to $720 a year. Stop throwing your money away, cancel unwanted subscriptions, and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash appleinsider. That's rocketmoney.com slash appleinsider. That link is also in the show notes. You can just tap it there. Rocketmoney.com slash appleinsider. Our thanks to Rocket Money for sponsoring this episode. All right, so earlier this week also, reviews came out, the first early video reviews of the MacBook Pro M2 series, M2 Pro and M2 Max, and the Mac Mini M2 and M2 Pro. You know, because there's not largely a redesign here, the story is basically like, these things are fast. They're all slightly faster, sometimes a lot faster than older models of things. And they're really great, like <laughs> universally praised as really good machines. I think the most interesting story of all these machines is the Mac Mini, the M2 yes. Mac Mini specifically, because the price point, $599 base model, $499 with an education discount. Mm. I mean, I, I really have no reason for it. And I am tempted by that base model because I have a 2018 Intel Mac Mini, which is five years old now. It is running Homebridge and a couple other things. And I'm just so tempted to just say like 500 bucks for an M2 Mac yeah. Mini. M2, William. Yes. That thing's going to be so fast. I don't know, man. It, it's tempting. Is it tempting? You have an M1 Mac Mini. I have an M1 Mac Mini. I have a 2018 Intel Mac Mini as well. And it, I despaired at it. It was brilliant for a couple of weeks. But I got the cheapest version, the lowest possible spec one you could. Right. And the amount of storage, 128 gigabytes. Oof. I Twice a day, I would have to find something to delete to be able to physically <laughs> carry on working. And there was Let me delete point. a PDF. Let me find a big PDF I got to delete. About mid-afternoon, oh. most afternoons, after a few months of this, it was so full, it would slow down so much that it would actually take several minutes to save a document for it. Oh. It got as bad as that. Ooh. So I had to upgrade. But now, so not now, since then, I never go for the base spec. I always add on as much storage as I can possibly afford. But now, the not only is the M2 Mac Mini cheaper than it was before, the base model comes with 256 gigabytes, which is... That's right. To me, it still seems yeah. like it could be a bit tight because I, I feel safer with terabytes written there. But it's so yeah. much better than 128. I think it makes it makes the Mac Mini base model actually usable and therefore a really right. good buy. So given how much faster even my MacBook is than my M1 
Mac Pro. I am secretly tempted, but I'm trying very hard to resist. Very hard. <laughs> me, me too. Even just specking it up. So my like my base configuration, not like what is sold as the base configuration, but my kind of bottom line. I want at least 16 gigabytes of unified memory and at least a terabyte drive. Mm. Like that's what's in my 14-inch MacBook Pro because you know it's like a couple steps above base. But those specs will usually get you pretty far. Like a one terabyte SSD, you're going to have to do some storage management a year or two down the road. You know, you got to look for the big files and delete those, but you're not having to like dive into your library folder and delete like application support files. Like it's, it's not so little storage that you're having to micromanage it, but one terabyte, 16 gigs of memory. And you could do a lot with that. I mean, I edit 4k video on that spec of, M1 Pro, MacBook Pro. Yeah. But to do that on this M2 Mac Mini, you can get an M2 Mac Mini, one terabyte of storage, 16 gigs memory for 1200 bucks. And 1200 bucks, you think about for a family computer, for even most people's like just standard use cases for a computer, like what an incredible value. And the M2 with that speed. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Tommaso on Twitter, he's a video guy. He was talking about you know, how long will these Apple Silicon Macs get software updates? Because the iPhone, which is the A-series chip, they'll get updates for seven, eight years. I mean, the iPhone (laughs) 6S is still getting iOS updates, and that's old. And these Apple Silicon chips, I mean, I can imagine that these M-series chips will get updates for at least a decade, if not more. Like, I could totally see more than 10 years of updates for even the M1 line that came out in 2020. And I think that's, it just, again, makes an incredible value for a $1,200 computer that could potentially last you 12 years and not like where year eight, you're hating the machine because it's so slow. Yeah. Like year eight, that thing is still going to be performing so well. And it's, it's just amazing where we are with, with chips now. Yeah, but the thing is we want to upgrade to new Macs. We don't want I to know. have to wait eight years. What are you doing to us? I know, but I think, you know, the resale value, I mean, listen, Apple's trade-in value, like, don't you know, if you want the most yes. money for your used Apple products, you have to sell it personally. Like, go on Facebook Marketplace, sell it to a, a friend or family member, like, you'll get the most value from there. But your resale value on even like an M1 Mac Mini, I mean, you can get several hundred dollars, more than Apple would give you, an M2 Mac Mini, if you wanted to upgrade every five years and they stay at this price point, base model at 600 bucks, like you'd probably be able to upgrade every five years and not have to save up a ton to do it. Like mm. I think they will last quite a while. So I think it'll help the resale market too. Of course, with the Mac Mini, you've still got to buy a display, keyboard and mouse if you don't already have them. Right. So if you do have them, then that's a shrug. But if you don't, then that is, I say it's quite a big addition, isn't it, to it? But It yeah. is, but when, once you have those things, yeah, you're set. then every time you upgrade you're not upgrading those costs too, you know, because if you do an iMac whenever you upgrade, inherent in that cost is the display, keyboard, mouse, and all that. True. Which I would love to see an M2 iMac. Like that's that's a curious omission, I think, from this M2 upgrade cycle being now, I think, the only M1 device of a computer left. Is that right? Um, I think that's the only M1 Mac besides the Mac Pro, which, you know, who knows about that? But I mean, the M2 iPad Pro is there. The iPad Air is still on M1, but it's an iPad. I think the iMac is still the only M1 Mac. 
you can st- I think you can still buy the MacBook Air on an M1 version. Oh, that's true. Uh, yeah, you can. That's but true. But that's your choice, isn't it? The the, the M2 version right. is available and it isn't for the iMac. Right. Or is it coming soon, you know? But, um, I mean, I don't know. Apple's just been dropping the press releases. I mean, at this rate, they could be doing like Apple Car via press release next week. Who do you, I don't even know. Yes, I'm I'm assuming they will. Yeah, yeah, yes. I figured you would be. I figured you would be. I, I think the trouble with the car is they've got to come up with a fancier name than just blue. You know, they've got to have oh, uh, Midnight cool. Oasis blue on the moon or, or some color mm. like that. So it's not mm-hmm. a copyright or, or something. You know, we keep we keep calling it an Apple car. They might not call it a car. Maybe, maybe it's the uh, just Apple vehicle, uh, Apple transporter. The Apple Transport Experience. Ooh, the yeah, ATE. Maybe. That could work. Okay, yeah. Oh, well, it's, it spells eight. Like I ate. Eight. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? I might not do that. Okay. Like homeos, according exactly. to Exactly. Naming is really <laughs> difficult, isn't it? Okay. Na- name, naming, naming is tough. You know, I remember when uh, the iPad was rumored. This iPad came out in 2011. And I remember there were like a bunch of rumors leading up to it. And all the like rumored names, yeah. it would be like iSlate. Yes. And there was the... Yeah, I, there was iSlate. Yeah. iPad was a rumored name, but I feel like most rumors were like steering away from that. It was either like something tablet or iSlate. Yeah. And when they when Steve Jobs announced it as iPad, initially it kind of felt maybe like not the best. Maybe it was because all the rumors and stuff surrounding it was like iSlate, Apple tablet, you know, Apple whatever. But, you know, now in retrospect, it's like, you know, what else could it be but an iPad? But I don't know. It yeah. felt funny at the time. Do you remember that? Oh, very clearly, because I remember thinking uh, there was one valid criticism of the name iPad, I thought, is it's very similar to MaxiPads, like a tampon uh, trademark right, or exactly. something. So that one I got. I thought they would avoid it for that reason. I thought they would not do that. But the thing, yeah. uh, the, I just delighted in the fact that everybody was so sure it was going to be Slate at one point that I think a few days before uh, Steve Barmer was on stage with lots of vendors with all of their Slate computers, Slate tablets, Slate. They kept overdoing the word Slate and none of them were out yet and every one of them had the company (laughs) trying to demo them and Steve Barmer basically just interrupting them constantly. It was an awful (laughs) show and it was hilarious when you know. It's like schoolboy desperate trying to get the word slate out. It's ours. It's ours. It's not ours. Right. It's ours. It's ours. And Apple just goes, yeah, whatever, and moves on. You can have it. You yes. can have it. That's what that's what they said. <laughs> you could just see the naming. There must be a naming department at Apple that sniggers oh, every now and sure. again. I would love. You know, there was that. Was it the Wallpaper magazine where they did actually like the expose on Apple Park? There was a bunch of pictures. Well, hang on, hang on. Expose sounds like scandal uncovered at Apple Park. Oh, really? No, 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 no. It was a, a feature. It was a feature story. Yes, right? it was. And, and really interesting. Um, Evans, Hankley, Alan Dye, all these interesting people yeah, showing yeah, around yeah. the various rooms of it. Yeah, it was good. And they showed some of like, the, they had like prototypes on one table. They had like a big Apple Watch and then like pieces of the Apple Watch spread out. They had the font room where they were like looking at fonts and symbols or whatever but of course they did not show the naming room no but i imagine like those other rooms there has to be a naming room at apple with some whiteboards or maybe they just write on the glass of the room no probably not because then other people would see it i imagine it's a closed room whiteboards and then written on there i slate remember 
<laughs> Scott Forstall saying he remembered being in the room with Steve Jobs when he wrote on the whiteboard that they were going to call it OS X for it. So they have a whiteboard. They did it. That's right. They did there. then. They did then. Uh, speaking of privacy, uh, they there was a <laughs> that wasn't really a good transition. I was just <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what that was. Anyway. Uh, Nick Muhammad, who you have no idea who that is because you don't watch Ted Lasso. I didn't know. I didn't know. You didn't know. See, <laughs> you did not know who it was. Nick Muhammad, no. famously from Ted Lasso. He play, he's in that show, if you would ever watch it. Well, tell me this. Is he actually a star in Ted Lasso or is he just some minor, regular, well, semi-regular? No spoilers. <laughs> no spoilers. You would have to get to the end of season two for me to really answer that. I'm just saying. I think I think he's more than just a standby. No, no, actually, I think you can answer it. You can just go straight ahead. He beca- he becomes a, a larger character as the seasons progress. Is all I'll say. Oh, right. He's much beloved too. He's a beloved oh, character, good. I think, by watchers, not you, but other watchers. You know, uh, they they really like him. And that's why everyone wants to steal his data. Yes, I can understand. That's it. that's that's what it is. Yep. But, uh, you know, this was a pretty funny, I don't know if you would call it like a commercial or ad. It was almost like a, uh, I mean, it was a fun ad type thing. It's Apple touting how it protects your privacy and its data. But this video was like, was it 10 minutes long or something? I think it was six. And it felt longer. uh, Sorry, in a good way, it felt longer. There was a lot in it. It's a well-produced, typically Apple well-produced thing, telling a story for it. It reminded me of uh, here in the UK, we used to have public information films. um, But, you know, don't go swimming where you're in the sea where there's big tides and red flags, all sorts of things. Very famous here. <laughs> Sounds like fun. Cat animations and stuff. Yeah, I mean, absurdly obvious, really boring, very 70s, and yet they kind of oh, stick in the collective cultural mind of the UK. But mm. that's what they reminded me of, although production values were somewhat better in Apple's case. Yeah, I remember, oh, now that you said that, I just had a sense memory. If you lived in the US and you grew up in the early 90s, there was this commercial, it was for like nutrition. Like it was definitely like some government sponsored whatever commercial. And it was like this kid going around this like basement looking environment. And there was like all these like scary looking characters. And one would be like, want an ice cream? Like just like in this gross voice. And then another one would be like, here's a pizza. And it was like kind of trying to tell you like all these bad for you foods are trying to like tempt you. And as this child goes, I think it was a girl, as she walks around this room. And then she finally gets to this one character who's like a nice, I don't know what they were, but it was like, here's a sandwich. And the sandwich was like portrayed as like the healthiest option in this dungeon scenario. (laughs) And I guess it had lettuce on it, maybe. (laughs) If there is anyone that remembers that commercial, in addition to just me, please tweet at me because I I remember it distinctly. Although maybe maybe I'll have to try on YouTube for it or something and find a link. But so weird. It sounds like a... Yeah, a bad dream to me after you'd eaten a pickle or something. It was, it but, was a bad dream. You know, it, it was it was a bad dream. Well, while you're looking at that, I'm trying to remember the name. Uh, there's a cat and there's, uh, the cat never spoke. It was always a noises. And I'm trying to remember the name of that. Um, <laughs> what? And there was also the one with the swimming. There was uh, somebody waving from the ocean and they were actually in trouble. But Petunia thought he was just waving to be friendly. This is this is what we get in the UK when you have dangerous pizzas or something. Yeah. Wow. So, uh, please, listeners, if you know what commercial I'm talking about, please reach out so I don't feel like a crazy person and I can prove to William that I'm not a crazy person either. 
<laughs> yes, that will that will be the thing that convinces me. Yes. That would be the thing. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, supposedly, uh, Barclays analysts Blaine Curtis and Tom O'Malley say that iPhone 15 will come with Wi-Fi 6E. To that, I say uh, rabbits are furry. I imagine with every other Apple device being released that has Wi-Fi 6E, the iPhone would be included. So, yeah, I think that's probably accurate. Okay. What do we have now? We have the iPad Pro, the new MacBook Pros, the new Mac Mini, all of them released with Wi-Fi 6E. Mm. And then the new HomePod was released with Wi-Fi B or whatever. So there you go. Last thing before our iOS 17 wish list. I want to hear from you, William, what, what you're hoping for. I know we've talked about it before. Maybe you have some other, some other things to, to share with us. Mark Gurman's out here talking about the Mac Pro still. Supposedly, no PCIe connected GPUs, which when the 2019 Mac Pro launched, the word was modularity. Put your own GPUs in there, put your own RAM in there, hard drive, storage, whatever you want, and you're good to go. It looks like maybe the Apple Silicon Mac Pro, no user upgradable memory or GPUs. And so it will be an interesting story. I'll be listening for the word modular if they ever announce this thing and see, like, do they say modular? Or do they just say so powerful you won't want to ever upgrade it ever? We'll have to see. I just, I wasn't surprised by this because Apple Silicon doesn't, so far, hasn't supported the GPUs. It comes with its own built-in and part of the the, the worth of Apple Silicon is that so much is on that chip. It's faster because everything is in there. Um, it didn't seem very likely to me that it would be suddenly different. But yeah, that is what the Mac Pro is famous for, modularity yeah. uh, over the years. So it's unsurprising and yet somehow still disappointing. Yeah, If it's true, of course. Yeah. <laughs> right, right iOS 17 wishlist, Aaron Zolo from the Zolotech YouTube channel. He was asking about, you know, what would we like to see in iOS 17? I've been compiling a list as we go month to month. We've done this a couple of times so far. Forgive me if some of these are repeats, but I'll just keep reiterating them. So those at Apple listening will make sure they include these at WWDC. At least that's what I'm hoping. My iOS 17 wishlist. Then we're going to get to our listener wishlist because we had a bunch of people tweet at us too. Standalone password app with family sharing. I really love iCloud Keychain. Works really well. I would love a standalone app and the ability to have like shared vaults or shared folders. So iCloud family members can also share those logins just like in one password. Maybe also in that dedicated password app, the ability to add other things besides passwords like uh, serial numbers for software purchases, maybe even like passport information, secured notes and things like that. I know you can password protect notes in notes, but I'm talking about for like the iCloud keychain thing specifically. So that's, that's my main deal. I would really like that. And then also lesser clipboard managers on iPad. I know there's apps that kind of do it in a hacky way right now, but I'm talking about how, like on a Mac, your clipboard manager sees everything you copy, wherever you do it, it's always saving everything you copy. And then you can go back in the history and pull it. That's what I would love on iPad. I'd love more screen time controls, especially when managing my kids' screen time controls and for it to just be less buggy because it's been really buggy in 16. So screen time improvements would be great. Shortcuts, that can be pretty buggy too. We'd love to see more fixes for that and more features like more steps, tools, APIs, maybe for third-party developers, things like that. Actual snooze and mail, which I've talked about. Yeah. A whole remind me later thing, like it's not really a thing. Like I want my email to disappear from my inbox. I don't want to even see it mm-hmm. when I snooze it and I want it to come back and magically appear at the time that I set. I can do that in Gmail and Outlook and many other, like Spark. Every other email app, that's how they treat snooze. But for some reason, Apple didn't. So actual snooze and mail would be great. In the Apple Podcasts app, I would love better up next management. I've been trying to 
use the Apple Podcast more. I know William uses your podcast app, and it's it's very good. You know, if you can keep up with your mark as played episodes, then I really think the Apple Podcast app is is pretty organized and streamlined. But I would like better up next options, like hey, if a new episode of this podcast comes out, put it at the top of my playing next list. Or I like this podcast, but not as much as others. So if a new episode comes out, put it at the bottom of my up next playing list. That's exactly what Pocket Cast does. You can do that with Overcast. So I would love to see that, at least one feature, and also to skip a certain amount of seconds at the beginning of a podcast or end of a podcast. would like to see that in Apple Podcasts. Interactive widgets. I think we're overdue being able to like add a task in my things widget without actually opening the app. Interactive widgets would be great. And I would love to see automations in the Mac Shortcuts app. We have automations on iPad, on iPhone, in the Shortcuts app. The Mac app for Shortcuts does not let you do automations. And I would love to do stuff, especially when it comes to like files and folders. You know, I trust Apple to monitor my files and folders securely. And while I do have Hazel, and I love Hazel for doing some of those automated file and folder moving and copying or deleting or whatever, I would love for Shortcuts to be able to create automations that do that kind of stuff as well. In addition to running things at certain times of day, like maybe I want to set a focus mode on my Mac or do something Mac specific. I would love to have that automations tab to trigger stuff at certain times of day or all of that. So those are some of my personal wish lists, and I'll get to our listeners in a second. But William, do, do any of those pique your interest or do you have any other requests? I'm just shocked at you. Apple works so hard. What? They make iOS 16 and the moment it's out, you want more. It's never enough for you. Listen, no, no, no. iOS no. 16 was announced in June. That was like seven months ago. God. Get out of here. Get right. out I of here. I was, a... I was doing iOS 17. Okay, you have some stuff. Go ahead. I do have a few, yeah. Um, yeah. What, I'm with you on mail, and they reminds me that's just ridiculous that it sits there. What's the difference between the snoozed email and the not snoozed email? Nothing. Well, there is, but nothing effectively. Uh, it's the follow-up one that must be destroyed or fixed because it drives oh, me spare yeah. until I found the button <laughs> that basically turns it all off. That's, the follow-up thing is disastrously dreadful for it. But, you know, so mm. fix that, please. Um, I You mentioned the podcast app. Uh, I, I think this is just me, but the number of times, there's certain shows where I'm not that interested in every episode. I want to read the description of it, and I, I find I'm playing the episode when I just go in to want to read the description for it. Yeah. Fat fingers, probably, but it's not very clear to me how to just stop that happening. I think I would like an equality, more of equality in shortcuts. You said about bugginess, but also feature equality. Like I'm, It's desperate too strong a word. Well, I've used it now. I'm desperate for shortcuts to support tab groups on Safari on the Mac the way they do on the iPad, because uh. I don't use them on the iPad. I live in them on the Mac, and I can't automate swapping between them um i would why do can we not have a shortcut that controls uh the auto lock time so when i'm filming something i'd like to be able to press a button that launches oh, filmic yeah. pro sets that to never go off yes. and then when i'm done comes back to a minute and stuff like that i'd love mail to um integrate more with other apps like OmniFocus or other task apps so that you can just send stuff you, you can get around it but other mail apps do it better but then other rail maps mail maps aren't as reliable as mail so a bit more of that and and the killer the key one the one that must be fixed or i am going to android you know that thing when you paste in a link 
in mail and it turns to a preview, they should have a really, <laughs> really, really big arrow. Not that tiny one that I have missed yeah, that's three a tiny years. Arrow. Yes. I want a big arrow. Give me a big arrow. There uh, we go. Yeah, I, I feel that for sure. Those are those, that's those are good good fixes. Real quick from our listeners who replied to us, Hernan Garcia said spam call and fraud detection when someone is calling should be useful. I think it does that sometimes. Sometimes your iPhone will say like spam detected. I definitely go to the settings phone app and to say like silence unknown callers. That's a killer toggle if you haven't toggled that. Yeah, I, I can't do that. I get invited on BBC Radio uh, a few times a year. Uh, not enough to be a big deal and doesn't pay very much, but it's fun and I never want to miss it because I really enjoy the topic and I love BBC Radio. But they can phone from any of 30 different stations or something and any number sure. of phones in there. There's no way to allow all of those calls through. So I have the habit now of I answer the phone and I don't say anything. And most of the time it's spam, it's automated, it hears no voice, it bleeps and it hangs up on me. So it's a distraction, but a shorter one. So and That was... The slyest humble brag I think I've ever heard. What about I can't not talking when I'm on the phone? <laughs> God, that was because rude. the BBC <laughs> because the BBC calls me several times a year and asks for my voice on their show. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Like I what? Hear you. Half a dozen times a year. I, I mean, I they, again is another humble brag. Half a dozen. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Well, okay. I used to be on the other end, being the one making the phone calls to people. So I find it it's fun oh, to be this side. Okay. All right. Uh, VJ on Twitter says the ability to edit or remove the lock screen shortcuts. So, you know, on the iPhone lock screen, you can do the camera or flashlight. Hmm. I agree. It would be amazing to customize those and also toggle on or off the swipe to camera. I know there have been times, and, and VJ is saying it in his tweet, sometimes you go to like clear notification and all yeah. of a sudden your camera's open because you swiped from a little too far to the right. That's so yeah, that would be nice. Yeah. And VJ also agrees interactive widgets on both screens, so home screen and lock screen. It's a good point. Complex Simon on Twitter says the ability for the home to send notifications to members of the home. I think that'd be pretty cool because you can intercom rooms in a home, but it'd be nice to send notifications or messages like to specific members. Like, yes, that is also an iMessage, but, mm. you know, I think it would be cool if you have a family member and they're wearing AirPods and you send an announce message, it will play the announce message in their AirPods, but they have to be in the room that you're doing it yeah. unless you say announce everywhere. It would be nice to like target individual members and then for iCloud to magically figure out, are they listening to something in AirPods? Are they connected to a HomePod somewhere? Or are they like presents in a bat, you know, somewhere in a room or something? It'd be cool. Like if you could like target, like just send a message to this person. I need to get a hold of this person. I think that'd be pretty cool. That's clever. I like that one. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that. And then he also said notifications have the ability to deliver notifications to the lock screen only, but when you can't access the lock screen, I'm not sure what I mean, but I'm down for notifications improvements overall mm. for sure. One other one, this is actually from Aaron Zolo's tweet thread on the same thing, but Patrick Rambles, YouTuber, said, uh, let us copy and paste part of a text message. Wholly agree on that. Yes, yes. <laughs> that would be wonderful. Just let just let the little like handles come up on the message bubble rather than just having to copy the whole thing. Yes. Like use the same copy and paste mechanism that's used literally everywhere in the OS. <laughs> just let us do it in the text. 
I think that'd be pretty good. You got any others, William? Before we go, well, kind of. You reminded me of this with the the one about the the yeah the the lock screen, the torch, and the camera and things. Um, I have maybe I'm confessing something here, but I have a habit of using the torch on my phone, fine, or flashlight as I understand you call it. I do but too. rather than hitting the open screen, finding that button, pressing it, I will hold down the side button that calls up Siri, and I will say the Harry Potter word Lumus, yeah. and the light will come on. Yep. Except. Some days there is nothing you can do. It would instead come up. Here's what I found on the web for the word Loomis. Um, and the rest of the time it works. So back to the Siri consistency, I think. Yep, I agree. Well, let us know what is on your iOS 17 wish list. You can tweet or Mastodon at William and myself. Those links are in the show notes. Let us know if you got any M2 stuff too, or what your experience has been with like iOS 16.3. And of course, you can support the show at patreon.com slash Apple Insider or directly in Apple Podcasts. You get an ad-free version and early access. And as always, thank you for listening. We'll catch you next time.